ladies, ladies, welcome to another episode with me, Dr. Ace, the Global Mentor Coach. I am excited to bring you yet another bonus episode of The Classified Lady. This is a very special interview. I found this young lady on Instagram and it just, I didn't even know what it was to be honest, but I saw it, it caught my attention and I said, I want to know more about this. And I saw the name Mind Your Own Womb on Instagram and I was like huh this sounds like I want to know more about this because this sounds like something right up my alley because folks need to mind their own business and get out of women's business so I reached out to her she was so pleasant so kind to give me some attention and I learned a little bit about her and I thought that it would be a great opportunity to share her heart her passion her vision for Mind Your Own Womb. And so without further ado, I wanna get into what this is all about, where it all originated, and how we can help each other as women because I think that it's important that we understand boundaries and create safe spaces for each other. And you all know that I'm, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, if you follow me anywhere, for any given minute, amount of time, I'm all about safe spaces for people to be their authentic selves, but also to really live their best lives. Without further ado, let's find out about the person behind Mind Your Own Womb. So I'm gonna let her tell you who she is and where this all started. So who is the person behind Mind Your Own Womb? <laughs> <laughs> so the person behind Mind Your Own Womb is a black 35 year old woman named Carmen Davis. I'm a hairstylist and I was dealing with fibroids. So basically there wasn't a space when I was looking at the time. So let's say this happened about five years ago. I couldn't find a lot of spaces where there was community and a lot of knowledge and information. I definitely could Google a lot of things and like figure out maybe what I should and shouldn't be eating and things of that nature. But as far as like support and just like personal knowledge, because you know, you can look at something online, but that doesn't always mean that's something that's going to work for you. Like I wanted true testimonies from people to say, hey, I drink this or I do this and I actually saw results from this, right? right. Um, and then with that also being said, in the midst of me going through my own thing, because I am a hairstylist, I hear so many stories all day, every day from different women, you know, I'm expressing their feelings to me about maybe people saying that they have too many children why are you having another baby right. children or you and your husband y'all haven't tried to have any children yet why y'all don't got no kids or being at my god sister's wedding as soon as she says i do people screaming out when y'all gonna have a baby right. not knowing that she just had surgery because she has endometriosis and fibroids you know like and she's only 27 years old so i was more so i wasn't upset or annoyed but it was just more so like we all dealt with one another with more mindfulness the world would just be a more beautiful and easier space because you have to allow those conversations to come to play on their own because they can be triggering. So like I have people ask me a lot of rude, weird things and it didn't ever offend me just because of the way that I'm set up. Right. But I always thought like, what if it did? Like, what if you just asked me that and it was super triggering and now I'm having a breakdown or, you know, like I'm having to relive whatever this moment is for me, you know? So I was at work and I kept telling one of my clients, like, I know that I have another purpose. Like, definitely I'm supposed to be an activist for, you know, natural hair and making sure that black women feel beautiful with their crowns, naturally styled, however. Right. So there has to be something else. 
and it literally came to me and I was like, well, I'm going to, because I already was kind of doing it without realizing it. Like a lot of my clients that had to deal with any kind of wound health issues. They would call me or send me an email or send me a text and be like, hey, when you were feeling like this, what did you do? Or do you really think veganism helped change your lifestyle? Or, you know, like, did you see any results from that, et cetera? Right. Or like, what questions should I ask when I go to the doctor? So I was like, all right, I'm going to put this shirt on. I'm going to go to the mall, get a shirt made. <laughs> I'm going to New York this weekend because I used to travel back and forth from New York to here once a month. So I know with New York, if you have something that's amazing, the streets are going to let you know. Correct. So I said, okay, I'm going to wear the shirt. And if I get a good response, I'm going to post the shirt and then I'm going to actually just start the movement and, you know, post any and everything that I know. And literally put the shirt on at six. I think I didn't go home till like one or two in the morning. And maybe I got over like 200 compliments on the shirt. And it was like for men, women, all ethnicities, people wanting to high five me. Like it was just so empowering, you know, and people were like, yes, exactly. People need to mind their own womb. So that's basically how it started. <laughs> uh, and I also had like some, a lot of mistreatment when I actually was going through my diagnosis with fibroid. So that too helped me be like, okay, I know I can't be the only one. And I believe like in sharing your stories, you do allow people to know like you're not alone. Right. Uh, this happened to me too. And then providing them with some kind of resource and more knowledge, I think is very important. So that's, that's the Mind Your Own story movement in the making. <laughs> I love it. I think that sometimes there's a level of shame, unfortunately, right. attached to women who, and this goes back to even Bible days that, oh, if you can't have a boy child, you know, there's something wrong with you. When first of all, we don't determine the sex of children men do okay get that together but you know something's just so ridiculous but there's a shame often attached to a woman's womb if it doesn't work quote unquote properly when there's so much that is misunderstood that science doesn't even understand about a woman's body for instance women who have miscarriages i've heard nurses say the body is actually rejecting the fetus because in their yeah. mind, in the body's mind, this is a foreign object and it doesn't belong here. So the body automatically starts fighting it. It's like, well, why? It's a baby. It's what I'm supposed to do. It's, it's what my body is created to do, but your body, but there's parts of your body that doesn't know that. There's some shame, unfortunately, that comes along with it. So what I love about Mind Your Own Womb is just that because you relieve some of that pressure, that shame. You're creating, like you said, a safe space, an environment, a community where women can have that safe space and create community and help one another deal with that because like you said there is a, an emotional thing that happens when the realization kicks in like you said triggers and if we don't create those safe spaces that community where we can have conversation and help one another right deal with this because this may have worked for this woman but it doesn't that same thing may not work for this woman over here because right. all of our bodies are different we have different dna uh, chains and all of that stuff so for instance being a vegan might work for someone over here but it may not work for this woman over Absolutely. here and so by and vice versa so and i think that one of the challenges with fibroids and, and i can tell you i i had to have life-saving surgery and by life-saving surgery i didn't know the extent of how bad it was for me and and i don't think my doctor did either so the ultrasound showed one thing but when she went in there yeah, she said the moment she cut me open, everybody in the room gasped because none of my organs was where they were supposed to be. Oh, wow. So when I say life saving, she 
that she said that one of her colleagues said, how is she still alive? How has she been living? Because nothing literally was where it was supposed to be. Like nothing. So she literally had to, in addition to removing them, she but literally had to that. reconstruct my mm. insides because nothing, and I mean nothing was where it was supposed to be. And in my post-op appointment, when she told me how many she actually removed, it was twice as many as what showed up on the ultrasound. Yeah, and I always tell people that too, like it's only a guesstimate because they can't tell because they're not they in there. They can't really see. So it's probably really like four or five. Right. You know what I mean? It may even be more than that. But yeah, they can't see. And so like, I had some that looked like they were part of my organ. So well, they don't show up. Exactly. <laughs> they don't you show up because if it looks like it's part of your intestines, it's just going to say, oh, that's just your intestines. No, baby. No, they're in there. It's a lot going on. Yeah, exactly. And I'm grateful that I didn't have any shame, but I was very... You, you do get sad. You do, there is some fear. There's a lot that goes on with it. And that's why I get I get angered. I get triggered with all of the conversation with the laws passed about, you know, men making decisions about women's bodies. You don't live it. You don't go through it, you know? Right. And or, also in our community, like black people don't, don't talk about those it. things, you know? No, we don't, we don't. And yeah, I think so that's that where the shame common. comes. Yeah. yeah, that's where the shame comes because it's like, like you just said, we're all raised to a point of you're a woman. So when you're ready to have a baby, you just lay down and it's going to be one, two, three. Or no one allows you to know, hey, that's not really how that works. Right. <laughs> it's not that easy. Right. What is it? One out of four, one out of six women, only ones that can get pregnant naturally. Outside of that, they have to do all these other things in order to conceive. They don't tell you that. Right. They also let you know that you shouldn't have all that pain when you're on your menstrual cycle. So those are associated with things. It's just a lot of knowledge that we don't, we don't have as a community. And like you said, it's shame, but it's also like, I think the lack of knowing and then like a lot of people are embarrassed to say, hey, this is what's going on with me because that un unbeknownst to them, like you may have been going through something too. Like if you would have never told me that, I would have never known that about you, right? Right. So with you sharing that, it's like, oh my gosh, really? Like, you know, and then sometimes I think as bad as it may sound when you hear someone else's story, stories allow you to be like, okay, let me be more grateful. Right. Even it's very freeing and liberating, not only to yourself, but to others. Everyone. And it's, I think that, like you said, we need to normalize these kinds of conversations. I remember growing up, and I don't know if they still have this class, but I remember growing up, you used to have to get permission slips from your parents to have that so you can watch the video and they can have you, give you have conversations about menstrual cycles. So, you know, about sex, and then your, your boys would go in a separate place and have yeah. their conversation, and girls yeah. would have a separate conversation. And our conversation with the girls, they talk about the menstrual period. But they don't talk about irregular periods. They don't talk about endometriosis. They don't talk about, you know, the potential for fibroids. They don't talk about any of these things because, and, and I don't know why, to be honest, but I think that it's women. important that we should, in that conversation, you should be alerting young girls that when your cycle starts, a little bit of cramping, a little bit of, you know, because your muscles are doing this, that, that they're having that conversation and understanding. Right. However, there should be, on top of that, a conversation about pain management and the level of pain. And right. if you see a lot of clumping and clotting, that's not normal, right. but if that's all you've ever had, that's all you know, you think that's normal. So like Absolutely. you said, having these kinds of conversations and creating a space, especially in our community, in the black community, because I can't speak for another white community or any, because I'm right. not I'm not of that, you know, exactly. that persuasion. I personally know that this that's not a conversation we have. At so all. 
normalizing these kinds of conversations to help yeah. women understand that the moment your child has a cycle or she or it's about to happen, you know, getting prepared, preparing your daughter for her first cycle is so important. And I applaud my best friend because she knew when her your, your her youngest daughter was about to have it, she was like, I feel like it's getting ready to come and I'm trying to prepare her. She sat her down and she talked to her. She said, I know what they tell you in school. She says, but I want to share with you. You know, she really did what she could to nurture her into understanding what's about to happen to her body once a month and why her emotion and what it does to her hormones because it's not just a flow. You are a whole person and this affects your whole person. When it comes to a woman's womb, it's more than just a baby. It's a lot that comes up to that exactly. process, like you said, every a lot, but we don't normalize knowing that it's not easy to naturally have a baby and get pregnant. No, nope, because we don't. all we see is teen mom. All we see is, is pregnancy announcement. All we see is pregnancy, <laughs> pregnancy, pregnancy. We don't see the the stories of IVF, people who go through IVF, fertilization, in, infertility issues that women yeah. that we see. We they talk about it with men, but and you I don't feel- see it with women. Right. And I feel like I see, so I felt the opposite. Like when I was in search of like a tribe even, I felt like I saw a lot of IVF stuff, but for white women. I wasn't seeing anything outside of that. And you know, like it's so many other things. Like I was barely finding anything with endometriosis with black women, barely anything at the time with fibroids with black women, like anything, you know what I mean? Or why you suffer from them the most. Correct. So then that was weird to me too. And it was like our presence wasn't really felt or seen at the time. And that's definitely like always applied a lot of these celebrities because I feel like with people that you know, even look up to with them speaking on like anything that's happening with them and their womb health it allows people to feel more comfortable because I know I've only been doing this for a year and a half now and I don't really get anyone to like share a testimony with me Right. It's very hard because, again, I think there's a shame to it. I think that because it's right. not normalized and people, right. it, there's a fear with right. stepping out there because right. it's uncomfortable and 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 it's it's like, is this really safe for me? Is it, what's my what's going to happen to me after I share this or, or you know right. about up about it? But I think that again, having these kinds of conversations, normalizing it, and getting around people's fascinations. I think people are too fascinated with women's bodies that they feel like they have the right to dictate what happens to a woman's body or, you know, whatever the case may be. I I don't know kind of where this mindset comes from that people become so fascinated with a woman's body. And I saw something on Twitter that was really disturbing. There was a conversation about women, uh, women's bodies and how women dress and all this other kind of stuff. And this guy was talking about how Muslim women dress, right? Yeah. And, but I'm thinking in his conversation, oh, and I'm like, a woman can still be covered head to toe and be raped. His conversation was very rapist-like. So it was like he was blaming women for his most problem, right? So it's like, there's there's, there's too much of a fascination around women's bodies. And it's like everything that we do to try to feel safe. 
or to protect ourselves, it's almost like it's not enough. And I, I think that that's what's really unfortunate and probably, especially for black women, because it's like, how many safe spaces do we really have? Yeah. So I think that that's part of the challenge. But I want to ask you, what do you think is the greatest challenge women face, especially black women, when it comes to our body? I would say the biggest challenge that we face, especially when we're dealing with like a medical field, is just people not believing and listening right. to whatever it is that we say we're enduring so if it's pain or being uncomfortable or wanting to change something or whatever that may be like it could be something as simple as oh i want to lose some weight but i was thinking about going about it this way and them actually just giving you enough options as opposed to like we just said earlier every physique body person is a different unique individual Mm -hmm. so you have to handle each person specifically for who they are and you have to create plans specifically for that person and what's going on with them you know you just can't throw the same answer at everyone. I would say that is like one of our biggest challenges and I believe the other one is enough of us from what I listen to on a daily basis. We're not as in tune with ourselves as we should be. I really think that a lot of us have to tap in more. You know, whatever you getting centered looks like, you really knowing your body, listening to it, paying attention with it, to it, documenting things like, okay, my cycle comes on these dates and it's like this, you know, it, it feels like this. What can I do to make this even more comfortable? Maybe my cycle not last as long, etc. But really knowing, because you know, like, especially at a certain age, certain things you shouldn't be like mm, I'm not really sure I don't know like you should know because it's your body and we have to advocate for ourselves so no one can say or answer those questions for you unless you know and at least you can tell someone right so I think that those are like our biggest challenges when it comes to our bodies like knowing the body knowing what the body needs knowing what the body wants and then being in a space where people are listening to you when you are having any challenges with, with your body I think that part of what a big part of that is when we say representation matters yeah we <laughs> need. I, I, I'm. A, I've. I've pretty much my whole life. I've always either had a black doctor or tried to have a black doctor for that very reason having those bad experiences where doctors don't believe you or nurses, you know, sometimes it's not always the nurse, not always the doctor, it's the nurse, whoever is attending to you at that time. And I think that is massive. We've seen just the statistics of the care that Black women and even our babies get when we're not in the care of a a, a Black doctor or nurse. A lot of that matters. And I think part of us knowing our bodies comes with awareness but also representation every time i've had a black doctor they've really gone into really good detail with me mm-hmm. about what to look for what to expect food lifestyle choices the historical aspects of what uh, of what certain things mean in our bodies right. in our communities and how it affects our health versus white doctors to be honest or you know any other doctor So I think that part of us knowing our bodies and knowing ourselves is representation in the type of doctors we have. I think that the internet is full of great information, but we got to stop self-diagnosing and trusting. (laughs) Like WebMD is not the end all to be all because again, there's a lot of other things that factors that go into it. So having representation matters. And again, spaces like this, conversations like this where we're normalizing it, 
like you said, it's unfortunate to go out there and know that black women suffer the most from a lot of these things, but the data that's out there, you don't find a lot of it. No. Why? You know what I mean? Like black women suffer the most from fibroids. It's, it's just, it's documented. It's not something I'm just saying. Right. But why is there not enough information or a lot of information out there about it for us to understand it and, and to create it? So I think having to, again, create our own way, create our own spaces where we can get this information is important. Let me ask you this question. What do you think it will take to change the mindset that people have towards women in our bodies? Possibly just a sharing more, but I don't know, because it's so funny. I always ask myself that question too. I don't know if people are super fascinated with the physique so much, so then they feel as though, because men usually are the people that do make the decisions, right, as a whole, that, you know, we are women and we're still supposed to be less than a little to them. I'm not, I literally, I don't really know, but I would hope possibly knowing a little bit more and understanding like the body, understanding that like, like you said, when you get your cycle, it's mind over matter almost for some people, you know, the, the amount of pain or discomfort that they may be in. Or even like, I definitely, that one kind of stumps me a lot to be honest, cause I just, I don't, understand that's why even like the my young womb movement was created because if you don't have a, a womb and it's not attached to your body or even if you do have one that's only your concern that you know like what's going on with me and mine has nothing to do with you right because you know however the end of the day plays out whatever i decide to do with it or not is only going to be my responsibility and then i'm going to have to pay for anything that i maybe i made a mistake and now i'm dealing with xyz but that's going to be my business right I think part of the challenge too is, again, people just don't know how to mind their own business. I, just think, I think people lack boundaries and <clears throat> I don't know why people lack boundaries. And when you try to put boundaries in place, it's kind of like you're the villain. It's no, I'm not the villain. Either. Boundaries are healthy, but I don't, I think we need to normalize boundaries as well because it's like, who are you to dictate to me? Because you're not going through the suffering. You're not, you're not the one that has to, to deal with it. Or when we see a pregnant woman, people automatically want to rub her belly. How dare you? To me, reaching out to touch a woman's belly, to rub it is like touching a woman's butt or any, touching a woman's yeah. body is inappropriate without her saying, it's okay yeah. for you to be in my bubble and in my space and reach out and touch me. Right. I, and I also understand why people think that's okay. But I don't, it's me either, but someone, again, if you're thinking with mindfulness, right? That woman may not even be happy that she's pregnant. Thank you. So you coming over there being all excited. You don't know the circumstance. She may have been raped, you know, that just may have been a oops, that's what they call them, like oops babies. Right. You just you know, she, the pregnancy may be really bad to the point where she is contemplating getting an abortion because she's just in such distress on a day-to-day -day basis. You just don't know. And right. it's an invasion of privacy. You know, you have violated my whole body just now. You know what I mean? And then like, depending on that person and how they view life, they may be upset with the exchange of energy, right? Because now you touch me, which also until whatever energy was on you can be left on myself and my unborn child. Right. It's just too much. It's, I don't I don't even, first off, my golden rule is, I don't care how big your stomach is and I know you're clearly pregnant, I'm never asking you about that baby. Right. I'm never asking you about that baby. You have to bring that up to me. Like you have to say, like, I'm definitely gonna ask you, how are you, are you okay? 
Right. And is excited or wants to share good, bad, and different, she's going to say, I'm actually doing really well or we're doing really good. You know, the baby, blah, 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 blah. But you do not, you don't. Because you just never know. You never know. You right. never know. Like, and I don't know if I shared this with you before, but I was a small child and my aunt was pregnant. And I remember my mom kept asking her, like, you're not feeling the baby move yet? Ooh, like, you're not feeling flutters? And she was like, you just went to the doctor. The doctor said everything was okay. She was like, yeah, the doctor said everything was okay. My aunt had like a stillborn baby in her for like a month. Insane. So it's like, I don't know if that stuck with me, but it's just, I don't know. You just never know. Right. And because you just don't. Like, you know, like how they always tell you, like, never ask a woman if she's pregnant because she just may be gaining weight or whatever. But even with me, like, people were thinking that about me because the size of my fibroid. I think before I got it removed, they said my fibroids were measuring that, like, I think my uterus was like that 37 week long. So, you know, I would take photos and my friends would be like, suck your stomach in. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But that's the kind of stuff that we, that, that, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, again, we don't normalize it because of these conversations. What do you think, though, it's going to take to create these kinds of safe spaces for women, especially Black women, whether virtually or face-to-face, when it comes to our bodies and our wounds and our health and, and all of these things we've been talking about? What is it going to take to create these safe spaces? And and probably how long do you think it'll take to support to sink in that this is a place that you can come to? This is real community, a, a safe yeah. community for you. So what I've been noticing and what I feel like is helping people be more aware and open and knowing like, okay, this is an issue. Like I had mentioned earlier, a lot of the celebrities sharing their stories. Right, I think it's bringing more awareness to things. So then like the government, but like for instance, in Richmond, we had um, a town hall meeting because we're having so many deaths here with women, black women dying in labor and delivery, right? So from that, they went into like all of the issues that were happening in the medical field here. So they had a big town hall listening session. So anyone that they felt as though needed to be invited that was doing something in the community because they wanted to hear how they could better things. So it needs to be more spaces like that where then, okay, after that, you actually are seeing some kind of change because like there are people like myself and others who will continue to help and people gain information and knowledge and point them in the direction of these resources that are being implemented in the communities, right? And then can people continuing to share their stories will continue to bring awareness as well. Cause I'm like, like we discussed earlier, it is like black women, especially we have like a superwoman complex. Right. Oh, you know, it's hard for people to say, hey, this happened to me and this is how I feel. But when you hear someone else's story that you know and someone that you, like I said before, you may look up to and you're like, okay, Gabrielle Union said she was dealing with this. And, you know, T, Chrissy Teigen lost her baby. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, I'm not so embarrassed that the last time I came to Carmen to get my hair done, I was pregnant and I have no baby to talk about because my baby died during, you know, labor and delivery. So I think that the more that you and I both are making our presence known in the community, the more that people will feel like, okay, there actually is a community. I don't feel attacked. I can go and share in these spaces and I can leave with something that will continue to bring awareness, that will bring a larger overall awareness so people can say, you know what? I was shy and nervous about saying something, 
but I'm gonna go and see what I can do. If it's like donating time, writing and leaving a comment, you know, purchasing something totally different that you would have never purchased before that's gonna help with whatever it is you're going through. You do wonders for the community. I think that, I, I agree. I think that the more we have these conversations and you yeah. hear, like you said, you hear from people that you can identify with. Again, representation matters. Yeah. And, and understanding the courage that it takes to be transparent and share these stories because yeah. you, you you feel, when you do, you empathize more and it's like, okay, I don't feel bad. I don't feel alone. I don't feel like it's, it's just me, I'm by myself, but there are other people who look like me dealing with this every day. And with celebrities sharing their stories, like Gabrielle Union and Chrissy Teigen, when she went through hers, it's like, if they go through it, that it's kind of like, oh, there really are real people. Yeah, they're real people. <laughs> they, go through the, right. they go through the same stuff we go through every day too. Like they they feel emotions, they go through stuff too. And by being transparent again, being bold and having the courage to talk about it really does help others, other people open up and talk about it. I also think that part of it is, is we need to normalize therapy for us in our community as well, because there's a lot that goes into emotionally dealing with wound health. Absolutely. in that area whether you have a miscarriage whether you you know like you said have a stillborn or you know you can't get pregnant and you want baby you you know want children and accepting that maybe your children will come through adoption or yeah. surrogacy yeah. or or if you don't have the money because IVF is not cheap you know it's it's, it's insurance doesn't cover a lot it. of that stuff you know yeah. su surrogacy insurance doesn't cover that but it covers viagra that's but that's what i listen but i yeah and I, but that's what i said if this was something to deal with men it would already be figured out and fixed. correct but yeah. uh, i think that you know we we get to women become the blame it's easier to blame the woman when something doesn't work you know what i mean the way it's supposed to but it's like why are we the we to blame so i think that the more we have these conversations normalizing these things and understanding that it's not uncomfortable it's just something that we need to be talking about and dealing with because it's reality for a lot of us will create these safe spaces so you guys i hope you've enjoyed this conversation and it's one that we need to continue to have so stay tuned for it but i want to ask carmen if she has any parting messages for the audience today um i just want everyone to stay encouraged and know that you are not alone and to always remember that it is your body your say starting the conversation the right way so you have the the right to say no i don't want to discuss that auntie stop asking me when i'm having a baby you have the right to be upset if someone asks you what's wrong with you at whatever age why don't you have any children and to always know like we said earlier boundaries are needed so always implement them and remember that you have to speak up for yourself so advocate for yourself and others at all times and the revolution will be accessorized that's that I love it. That's great stuff. Ladies, you've been on the mic with Dr. Ace, the Global Mentor Coach. Thanks so much for listening to this bonus episode of Mind Your Own Womb. If you have some topics you'd like to hear or if you need a coach for help achieving your goals, you can send an email to info at globalmentorcoach.com. Again, thanks for listening. Keep it sexy, classy, and modest as you spread lots of love and light. Until next time.